We are live now, Karen. Um, okay. Karen, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. I'm absolutely wonderful. Thank you for, for having me on. I appreciate it. You look great, man. Should we play some Thanks, League of Legends man. together Thanks. today? I'd love to. I'd love to. Okay. Um, not played a lot of League. As I say, I've been playing playing more uh, World of Warcraft in lockdown, so um, miss missed playing League. Or oh, looks like they've... They've introduced a report and mute uh, thing in Champ Select. That's good. I can mute you from from minute one. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I won't do that. I I have to admit I've found this. I've gotten really into League of Legends during this uh, break, and I found the community not always the easiest to deal with. No, it's one of the. One of the setbacks of of league, I find, is the um, is the community, and because you are locked in with a game, they can really ruin your day. Um, <laughs> you know, by just not being very nice people to to play with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you need to ban a champion, brother. Oh, that's no, right. Um, yeah, so it just it's one of those. Sometimes you get a nice game with nice people, and sometimes you don't. But. Uh, and so, and, and like, is there yeah. a particular role in League of Legends? I mean, you own a League of Legends team. Is there a particular role in League of Legends that is, uh, you know, um, particularly toxic? Toxic. Tough one. Tough one to think. I think everyone that plays um, generally like mid or ADC, you know, like the flair um, players, uh, they generally are the more toxic because they believe that they can basically carry every game that they go into mm -hmm. um so they get annoyed with the rest of their teammates whereas the the jungler the top laner the support players generally are a bit more supportive and are a bit more i don't know i feel i feel like you can tell a lot about someone's personality about what position that they play mm. um and you play what jungle at the same yeah i play jungle so so I don't really know what that means about me, but um, quirky. So maybe it's just <laughs> it's mainly because I can't do the whole laning phase thing, so it's just easier to hide in the jungle. Honestly, um, no, it's, it's a bit of a specialist role, I suppose, and it's like one of those that if you if you're good at jungle, it doesn't translate very well anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So I quite like it that it's quite specialist, I suppose. Um, it's cool as well because you spend a, a lot of the time like getting kills don't you 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 come in and you get a gank that's like what i find the laning stage just going for what is it called cd just trying to get coins or yeah. cs cs yes yeah, yeah. Uh, almost there almost um <laughs> getting there getting there but like i i don't find that a very engaging part of the the process but maybe that's just because i'm shit at it yeah i get you i get you it's um well, I mean, it's the bit that I hate the most, which is why I play in the jungle, so I don't have to do it. Um, but yeah, I think I think jungle's just fun. I've, really, I've 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 played it pretty much since I started the game, and and haven't really wanted to to stray away from it. So look how good your logo looks, huh? So Where's, that? Where's the logo? On on like your Excel logo in the game. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, the, the Riot are really good at that. Eh? They they do really good, like, all that sort of immersive in-game branding, like the MasterCard stuff and, you know, the team jerseys and what have you. 
Yeah, they finally started to let um, brands into the game. Um, so in t- when the LEC is on the flags that are on the base and the flags that you see around the map, yeah. they um, they can be branded up. And I've seen like you know the Kias and the Alienwares, the sponsors of the leagues, actually in the game, which is which just shows that Riot are kind of letting go a little bit, you know, of their um, their stance on commercialization, I suppose, because um, they're pretty. They're pretty moral when it comes to that sort of thing, and they're oh, pretty, yeah. pretty strict. They're pretty strict when it comes to to that sort of thing, and I think they're starting to to let up. And I hope that means more. Also, you know, excelling game items that would be wonderful. We we want more more of that, obviously. Um, but we'll see. Good gosh, I have got to choose Annie here, don't I? I'm gonna choose Annie. She's really strong at the moment, apparently. Is she? Apparently, she's uh, she's had a buff or something. I don't I don't know. I don't follow it close enough to know to know these things. But I'm pretty pretty confident she's just had a buff on one of the most recent patches. So she's quite strong. Who is your main? Uh, Zinjiao is my is my go to if I'm if I'm in a serious game where I'm trying to climb you know Elo or whatever. I will go to Zinjiao. Um, but as we're playing and having a bit of fun, I'm going to play Lee Sin, so um, we'll see We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm doing my runes for Annie. I have no idea what any of this means. While Flash is Lee in cooldown. One, uh, one of the most intensive, intensive characters. I, I was told when I first started League of Legends, don't play Lee Sin until you're like gold or above, because basically people that aren't gold or above don't have hands, and that's me. So um, <laughs> I can't play... So I can't play Lee Sin apparently, but I do it anyway. <laughs> uh, is, is he mechanically tough? Yeah. He he is if you if you play him right. If you're the way you're supposed to play him, he's like one of the most mechanically intensive things in the game, but mm. um, or champions in the game. But uh, I probably don't play him right. So. <laughs> what is this ultimate hunter? I don't even know what this stuff means. Well, let's just get into it. Whatever. <sighs> who are you playing? Some Lisa. Okay, fine. Smite. So, how did you get into this whole space thing, Kieran? I've I've met you many, many times, and I've never asked you how did you start Excel. Um. So most people know that it was uh, started by my brother and I. Um. In in 2014, basically, we're both big gamers. We've always been gamers. I've always played video games um, since I can remember growing up. Um, you know, I think our first sort of hardcore gaming experience together was, was World of Warcraft and I still play that game today. So, um, you know, I've always, always been, been into games, always played games and then Call of Duty, once, once the whole kind of like in the UK, obviously we're quite a big console market. So, um, Mm. when the Xbox 360 came out and Call of Duty 4 was launched, you know, got, got kind of, um, hooked on that, loved playing that and, and my brother and I started to get what we thought was very good at it you know in our school for instance we were very good and and we uh, we wanted to compete and and that was how we found out about competitive gaming and esports okay um and when we found it we realized we weren't very good <laughs> and we realized we were actually terrible um compared to obviously some of the people uh, in in the world and so, you know in the uk especially with with games like call of duty um 
and so we we came across a, like the that there were events going on. We didn't even know there were events going on. We we're having a conversation in uh, in a Weatherspoons pub over over a pint and discussing you know whether we should do something in this space. Is it something that we're so passionate about? It was never supposed to be like a career or a business or anything like that. It was just just supposed to be a hobby passion project. Yeah. Um, and and decided you know then that maybe doing you know doing a team would be nice you know we were both big sports fans as well both Tottenham Hotspur fans so we liked the idea of kind of running a team um and we went home that night and came up with the you know the name XL I created a terrible logo um and we created a Twitter page the same Twitter page that we still use today um on, on that day and yeah we, we we searched i think it was the game battles ladders um they, they they were back in the day the mlg you know like ladders for for basically call of duty teams that were doing well that didn't have a a team um yeah. to to play for picked up a team um i think we paid for like half their team ticket to their to the first event which was uh, the am to pro event in february of 2015 in leicester tiger stadium wow that was our first ever event and we went and there were like 64 teams there um and our team came top 12 which we thought was like insanely good and we were like wow this is amazing um we turned up in our XL polo shirts, gave them hoodies to wear, um, and yeah, competed. It was like proper grassroots stuff. Uh, we turned up with a box of hoodies and ESL put them on the guys. And was it ESL organized? Uh, no, uh, no, it was it was Am to Pro. So that was actually a company. Oh, okay. um, back back in the day, they're not around anymore. But that was a company that organized amateur. Um, esports tournaments and yeah they organized this one it was also uh, multiplay helped them run the events and multiplay brought like all of the ps4s and uh ps4s with ps3s back then i can't remember ps3s maybe um and yeah we competed that event and the rest is history i think we had 500 followers on twitter at the end of that event and we thought that was amazing and that we were you know really making it in the world and just carried it on and grabbed on the coattails of the esports industry really that's brilliant and then and what felt like the first when did you go okay this is not hobby anymore this is actually there's something in this and okay maybe maybe i'm not so silly for creating an esports team and and like maybe i can just do this uh so i think the first time that really we really thought about that was um was when we qualified for the call of duty world league so that was um, our first ever real pro team um sorry my game sound is super loud one sec i'm gonna turn oh, that yeah, down i'm gonna turn mine down too. Uh, mine's off okay there we go yeah so when we qualified for the um call of duty pro league that was when we realized that oh you know we might actually be, might actually be pretty good at this whole you know finding uh talent thing um and the team obviously were then one of the best 10 teams at Call of Duty in Europe and were largely a UK team, which was really cool. Okay. Um, so we did, we did that, qualify for that. And then, you know, we, we got on our first pay paying sponsor, which was Scuff Gaming at the time, control, obviously big, big controller company. Yeah. Um, and they were our first paying sponsor and we thought, oh, okay, there's, you know, this is actually a business. Um, this, this could go well. We quickly found out how, just quite how tough it you know the, the business side of it is 
um, and why obviously a lot of esports teams even today don't run at a, a profit and you know they're largely still trying to build presence and build their their brand story etc is because um, it's a tough business you know mm. it's still we're still in that massive education period at the moment where we're still trying to educate brands let alone sell to them um, so yeah, it got, I mean, it, it, that finished with us essentially selling the team to a company that was already had investment and was much more stable. Um, we actually sold the team to uh, Millennium. Uh, well, it wasn't to Millennium, the, the French org, but it was this, uh, a, a team called Hyper Games who were owned by uh, the same company that Millennium were owned by. And that was a, you know, a decent deal in, in the esports world. Um, and allowed us to basically to fund the company for, for for quite a while after that. Okay. And that was when we realised that the the business you know post that sale was was there. Is that is that um, amount disclosed, Karen? Can you? <laughs> uh, it's not. No, no, no. It's okay, not, cool. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but but you know it allowed it allowed us to fund the fund, fund the company. So it was a yeah, relatively sizable amount for us at the time. Yeah. Um, and. God, it's so hard to talk and play games, isn't, by the way. Isn't like, talk, it? Isn't try, it, and isn't talk it? try and talk intelligently, anyway. Um, yeah, that is, that's so, harder for some than others as well, Karen. You're doing a good job, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I broke, my gameplay is going to suffer, but that's fine. I've um, got insane lag, so, yeah. so it doesn't even matter. We've, we've no chance. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, did did that and then um, realized that hey, we if we want to make a stab at this, you know, it's um, we really need to get like a, a, a angel investment on board. Mm. Um, and you know, we went we were we were went through a series of sort of um, minor investments, etc. And then when we got involved with the the Gfinity Elite series, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. That was the the london-based kind of franchise system sure. got involved with that and and got dave harris on board um who's who's still an investor today in excel yes. he was kind of our you know angel investor and allowed us to well allowed me to do it full time at, at least um which was which was when it got serious i suppose and that's um, 2017 Yep, yep, that was yeah, Elite Series 2017. That was when it got really serious, but it still felt like I suppose um, not a side project, but it definitely still felt like because at the time I'd just come out of a law degree, and it definitely felt like you know I should still be pursuing law as a you know potential option. Um, obviously, we share we share a legal background. Yes, um, we do. Um, you made so, the yeah, right that, decision. That, that is still. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, um, and so at that point we were—I was still kind of exploring that, and it wasn't really until uh, the LEC application and, and basically getting accepted into right. the LEC that I realised that you know this is this is my life now. You know, I will I will never do anything else, mm. um, which is obviously that's that's the life changing moment. And that's super cool. Yeah, oh, that's great. Um, and and this year and this you know for people that don't know what the LEC is uh, that are watching this on LinkedIn or YouTube later, uh, that's the League of Legends European Championship. It's the effectively the Champions League of League of Legends. And Karen, do you do you have any like statistics of views on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely say that it's the it's the premier European esports competition yeah. um it's the it's the biggest European esports competition um we get sort of roughly about two million unique viewers each weekend on the LEC um I think that's that's correct quotation wow. um so it's you know it's it's, it's 
big numbers and yeah the big biggest european um competition there is so super super excited to be a part of that and that whole process was a was a whole ordeal in itself to become a part of it um but obviously getting accepted was yeah biggest biggest moment of my of career, life um to date yeah well and arguably my life so yeah yeah i mean it's 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 and how's that going for you guys i mean and and by the way if you just want to play some league we can shut up until the end of the round if you like <laughs> No, not at all. Not at all. I'm happy to to chat. As I say, just don't don't expect any decent ganks out of me. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't expect that. I've seen you playing can, mate. I'm not expecting much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 come on. I'm just kidding. Actually, um, we got killed this year, but we did. We won the last year. It was good. All right. So yeah, yeah how's your team? How's it? The real Excel. How are they doing? Yeah. So I mean, look, it's. Um, it's a big step up and I think maybe getting going into it because everything had gone so well for us up until that point and we got into it. I think we, we maybe underestimated how difficult it would be stepping up into the big leagues because, right. you know, we'd, we'd always done pretty well and we've made the right moves and we'd always been good at getting good talent in. So I think we just kind of thought things would roll over and actually we would, you know, maybe outside of the G2 and Fnatic, we'd be right there next. You know, we, we felt like we could um, break into that the top tier quite quickly yeah and i think we underestimated that to be honest because it's been super super difficult to to compete at that level um and you know challenge those those teams that have been around for for 10 15 years when we've only been around for you know five years yeah um so but, but, i think but we underestimated that and you're I, mid of the table this year right yeah so we, we, we the first year we had we struggled to be honest with you um yeah. You know the the placements weren't coming. Um, talent wasn't very excited about joining XL because you know they didn't really know who we were, um, and it was it was a tough it was a tough year from from that perspective and and one of the most testing years, um, again of 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 my career. But then post that we learned a whole lot and we basically really invested into our coaching team and our coaching structure and we we got uh, Young Buck on board who's like the most well-decorated coach in Europe. And, you know, I still, still not quite sure how we, we did that, but clearly mm. we're, we're good salespeople. And he bought the, he bought into the, um, the journey and really wanted to be a part of that. He was looking for a new project and Excel was, was the most exciting project for him at, at that time. Great. So that was amazing getting someone like him on board. And then we got Fabian, our head of performance on board. who's like the go-to guy when it comes to, um, uh, performance in esports. you know, he, he understands, traditional sports he was next uh, professional goalkeeper in the german second league i believe um so he he kind of gets the whole esports sports crossover and we just really invest in people in our organization and um following that you know players wanted to come to us <laughs> so yeah so that 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 was super good for us and now we're actually starting to get the results so you know we're, we're looking we're, we're sitting pretty we're like a joint fifth in the table right now um a score of four and five so yeah um looking good and we just beat g2 last week which, I, was, pretty, which was cool so, i saw that and you were two and oh uh, last week uh, yep our first two oh this year not our first two ever but our, certainly our first two this year so um all in all like yeah really 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 happy with how things have gone um i'm tough for you mate honestly yeah it's, you, you know i and, follow you guys on the keenly. up on the up yeah and also now not just a single title team right you guys are playing uh Fortnite as well now exactly yeah no we've we've always been like 
people ask all the time, like, oh, when are you getting other teams? When are you getting into this? When are you getting into that? And we've always been keen to expand. Like, we've we've not really shied away from that fact that we've been always very, very keen to expand when the time is right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's taken us a long time to to get comfortable with an esport because we're basically comparing everything to League of Legends, and and League of Legends is just the best esport out there in terms of viewership, in terms of commercialization opportunities in terms of like sophistication like there's just none that really come close so yeah. when you're comparing everything to league everything doesn't look so good um so it took us a long time basically to get comfortable with with expanding but when the opportunity to sign one of the world's best Fortnite players who also happens to be british yeah uh, came up it was like uh yeah guys this is a no-brainer we need to do this um and so we did that's great man How's it going with Wolfies? I'm, I mean, I'm following him and his dog on socials. It's, uh, it's hard <laughs> to know who's more famous. Yeah, I mean, look, Wolfies is great. Like you see from his um, uh, like TV interviews and stuff. Like he's got a really good head on his shoulders, so he's he's super good to work with. At the end of the day, he's still a 16 year old kid, and he's got a lot of coaching to be done. Um, you know, we, we need to help him in, in a lot of areas of his life and, and his career. But that's what we're kind of there to do. And we believe that, that we're the best place for him right now. Great. Um, but, but yeah, generally the kid is like, I mean, super talented as well. Like insanely talented. Yeah, he's quite good at the game, eh? He's quite good. <laughs> yeah, just, just silly. Um, I mean, even at the, obviously did it at the World Cup last year, but then even recently at the um, FNCS Invitational, he's like, he came second in Europe uh, in in the solos. So Whoa. yeah, I mean he's still still one of the world's best uh, Fortnite players. So super super pleased to have him. That's great. Yeah, and there's some serious prize money there, eh? Like how much did uh, the world champion win last year? Well, Wolfie's himself has earned over over a million dollars in prize money. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of prize money there. Yeah, there you go. We need a more efficient way to distribute that prize money, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah, yeah nice, plug. nice little plug um, there. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I, I get what Fortnite are doing from like a um, their their esports ecosystem, like what they're trying to build makes makes sense to me. I don't necessarily agree with throwing millions of dollars at young kids. Um, you know, I don't think that's maybe the best way to build their esport. But what it did do is generate a whole lot of hype around it, um, and you know, made made overnight stars like Wolfies, um, which is which is you can see the positives and ben- uh, positives and negatives of, of doing something like that, right? Mm. I I've often heard from people who like like yourself who've had a back background in grassroots esports and they've seen it cultivated from the bottom up. And this uh, set is on me, by the way. Can someone please help? Oh my God! What is this Riven <laughs> doing? Gonna make to Why honest. is he just watching me die? <laughs> anyway, um, like, like, you know, they, 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 they've said sometimes that coming in with a bunch of prize money, whilst attractive in the first instance, and it, it, it's good for PR because you, you, you you like expose this world to people that don't know anything about professional games and they go, Oh my gosh, that kid won $3 million at Arthur Ashe stadium, but it doesn't actually build much of a competitive ecosystem because that money goes to very few individuals or teams and doesn't help to grow the grassroots. Um, I don't know if, if what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, my, my thoughts on it are that 
it did what it was supposed to do, i.e. it elevated Fortnite from no esports to tier one esports overnight. Mm-hmm. Like realistically, um, you can't like there's people that say, "Oh, Fortnite's not a proper esport." Like you can't say that it's not a tier one esport now. It's world, it's world. You know, World Cup got a shed ton of views. Its prize money is insane. Um, the product is a good. tier one esport. It's it, the product is good. It's not the most um, spectator friendly. Uh, what's the words? Well, or sophisticated, to be honest, in like the way they set up the esport. It could be a whole lot more sophisticated, but that's not really what they're going for. Um, that's that's kind of you know teams are teams are a part of their ecosystem, but teams aren't a super important part of their ecosystem like they are in um, in League of Legends because obviously it's all about the individuals. So mm. you know, I, I I think they see the value in teams, but they. They, they they see the value in building up you know superstars like Wolfies more so and I, and I get that but I do think that there is you know the money could be better distributed and could be um, if you if you're trying to be, they're not if you're trying to build for the long term I think you can do it in a in a different way is basically what I'm trying to say well and I think that Epic might not necessarily care about esports, right? They they haven't created some sort of franchise global league. They haven't built new brands like Overwatch League or Call of Duty League. They haven't, uh, you know, they haven't hired out like they haven't done ESL One presents Fortnite or anything. It's been very much yeah. more about the kids. Uh, what do you think? No, I hear that a lot, and there's no, there's no right answer. Um, but I don't think it's fair to say that. Epic don't care about esports, um, like, and, and you're not the first person to say that, by the way. Like a lot of people say that. Yes. Um, but I, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's necessarily fair because I think they do because esports is just the is just a term for competitive video gaming, right? And we we use this word esports as if we're talking about like just the pro level, mm. and I don't think that's right. I think esports is any level of competitive video gaming. Pro esports is pro esports, but esports is not necessarily just the pro level, in my opinion. Um, and I think Fortnite care a lot about competitive gaming. If you look at like the in-game infrastructure they're building, in terms of you know they have like daily cash cups, they put, you know they um, that where people win a lot of money on like a daily basis, um, and that that I don't think that can be underestimated. Um, mm. It's just not in the same. It's just not built in the same way as, as other esports, um, and but that's intentional. And I think you have to understand their strategy, and I think you have to respect that Epic Games know what they're doing in some areas. Um, Quite a few. And, I mean, I think they're one of the most <laughs> impressive companies in the world, and what they're doing now with like they're they're creating a new way of people like observing reality. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I have heard from people who work with Epic that perhaps the, they, that's what I'm trying to say is when I think of esports, I think of ESL and face it and Excel and the LEC. And there's like, there's sort of this way that it's been done. And I think Epic is doing it in a slightly different fashion, slightly more grassroots, slightly less, you know, 12 teams invited to win a quarter of a million bucks, more like anyone can win. Um, so I guess I'm trying to say they haven't done esports traditionally, but I I would agree with you that they're obviously paying attention to competitive gaming. I mean, they put a hundred million dollars up for prize money. Yeah, exactly. Like, that can't be sniffed at, no. and, and the daily cups that they do also yeah. can't be sniffed at. Um, but the but I get what people are saying in terms of 
you know, they're not they're not trying to create a franchise league anytime soon, and that'll just never happen with Fortnite. But I don't think it has to. No. Like I don't think that works for everything. I no. mean it, it, it does don't get me don't get me wrong, it makes it more difficult for teams like us to build a business model around Fortnite. Like that's definitely true. Hmm. But maybe they don't want you know, maybe they're not trying to look to build team brands in Fortnite. Maybe they don't need to. And that also doesn't mean there's no value in it for teams. Otherwise, obviously, we wouldn't be in it. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting one. It's just a different. It's just a different strategy and a different take. And I think people have to, you know, get off their um, high horse about what is high horse yeah. a little bit and and just look at it for what it is. Um, and, it, and in some areas, it's great. You know, the World Cup's are an anticipated event. Obviously, we can't have one this year. Um, given the whole COVID thing, but I'm sure 2021 they'll put on a crazy good World Cup and everyone will want to watch it. How um, Has COVID been quite tough on your business or have you guys had what many gaming companies have had, an upturn? Uh, I, 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 it's, a t- it's a tough one to really... I mean, it's not come without its um, struggles. I don't think it's been like plain sailing, but at the end of the day, we have been able to operate pretty much as usual um one of our main sources of revenue are of course commercial partners we've been able to still deliver a pretty good product for our commercial partners which means you know we haven't lost any of our commercial partners it does mean given the obviously wider financial impacts that all of these big brands don't have as many marketing dollars to spend at the moment Mm. um so new new business has has struggled um you know it's difficult to to sell our product to to new um brands right now especially brands that never touched esports before you know they're they're probably not when they're going through a financial crisis gonna jump at a new opportunity yes um so it's definitely slowed new business but we have held on to our existing business which is great and i know that not all companies can say that no a lot of companies have found it really really hard you know and and it's good that you did have those pre-existing partnerships i think also businesses that have you know that are trying to fundraise and esports is basically publishers tournament organizers and startups uh or, you know I, I, when i say tournament organizers i mean e- ip like you guys face yeah, yeah, it yeah. esl um well yeah and and, and or, or scale ups as i like to call us but yeah essentially you're right scale up yeah but, uh, but if you hadn't done your your any previous funding i think right now is a very very difficult time to fundraise because there's too much uncertainty and you don't have any previous records so um i feel for people trying to do their pre-seed um no look it's a super tough time for a lot of people and um, i think people think the esports industry is completely unaffected and obviously it's not like we are still affected um our product has has regressed a little bit you know we, we don't play in nice pretty studios anymore uh we play in in our bedrooms again which is like the old school um which, which you know maybe affects our ability to to obviously commercialize etc but well and everyone's kind of gone old school though i mean sky sports or gary neville's broadcasting from his bedroom so yeah exactly you know and, and i feel lucky that that we know how to do this because we're just rolling back the clock a bit and going back to esports of a couple of years ago um which is great which is great and i say that the business has largely been able to carry on as usual which is which is good news ditto ditto for us thank god um i don't think traditional sports have a chance against esports and gaming in the future and the reason is because 
video games are built with in-game dopamine releasing gamified uh mechanics so that you feel good when you achieve things and there's all sorts of like little notifications that basically keep you hooked in the game traditional sports doesn't have that because they were just built on physical activities and rules so the other thing is like when we grew up we we couldn't watch esports because we didn't have twitch and so we formed all these really beautiful nostalgic memories with like i like the houston rockets and arsenal you like tottenham hotspur um all these kids who are watching twitch now they're going to form those incredible moments of nostalgia but not with traditional sports teams they'll form them with gamers and streamers and i don't know what you think about that i i mean generally i don't like to do the whole um either or esports versus sports thing to be honest because i because well i've grown up always doing both so i've never seen it as necessary to to look at either or um and yeah and i you know i i think games are you're right games are built to be good and games are built to be enjoyable to play um and to keep playing otherwise that it's a bad game right mm. i don't think they're built to necessarily keep you i mean whether you want to use the terminology like keep you hooked i mean that has negative connotations because then you could say oh well are they built to be addictive or mm. i don't think so i think they're just built to be good um and yes there's no doubt that people can get addicted to them people can get addicted to a lot of things that are just good and yeah. fun to do yeah um so yeah it's a weird that that's a weird one but then on the whole traditional sports first for c-sports i personally don't put them together i think sports will continue i will continue to enjoy doing sports i hope that the next generation continue to enjoy doing sports as well um but i also think you know gaming and competitive gaming as a hobby is also completely healthy and fine and um has a lot of strong benefits to it especially for those who don't either play sports mm. or can't play sports right well, it's a great equalizer esports like there there's no reason that you know men and women and non-binary people can't play together there's no reason why young and old can't play together you see that with fortnite world cup like freaking 13 year olds winning you know prizes and well, exactly speaking of disrespect do you know where he's going no it's interesting one that isn't it all yeah. the him and ninja stuff and yeah yeah it's interesting i mean it it was really really badly handled because of all the me too stuff that was coming out and so then they said yes. you're indefinitely suspended and i was like whoa like he must you know and then there's stuff happened? you know he's gone to jail and he's getting arrested and i mean then i've then i was told that he was caught on twitch or on 10 cents platform trovo and that he's chatting with them but who knows uh ninja's gone to youtube you know he hasn't though has he he has, yeah. No, he, stre he streamed on YouTube yesterday, but he didn't announce anything about him going there, did he? Oh, okay. Well, but like, surely if he's streaming there, he's gonna. No, you don't. I wouldn't be so sure. Really? I think he's doing this as a bit of a like back to his roots thing. Really? Um, yeah, streaming a bit on. Oh, no, I'm gonna die here. I'm gonna die too. Come on, let's go, Annie. Oh, let's go, Annie. Get that bear on her. Stun? No! <laughs> I got one kill. I think I'll take it. Um, yeah, no, I think what he's doing is like, he was kind of trolling people and saying, oh, you know, one hour to, you know, till the big reveal. And then he just streams on YouTube. He doesn't say anything about him signing for YouTube. So I think that he will now stream on Twitch in the next couple of days as well. 
And I think he'll just stream on loads of platforms just to, just because he can. Right. He's got his 30 million in the bank. Just, yeah, just for a bit. And then I think he will he will sign exclusively maybe. Or maybe he just won't. Maybe he'll realize that that, that was a terrible idea. And I don't know. It but I, I, I'm super disappointed to see all the mixer thing and how it didn't work and, and stuff because I, I yeah i think we need some competition in that streaming market. oh my gosh but thankfully huge. thankfully youtube has stepped up so yeah yeah know, you know and also i actually think the youtube player like the actual youtube player to watch streams through is better than the twitch player do you um not necessarily the youtube gaming platform i think that needs some work but yeah the the actual player like you can rewind and whatever so easily it's really good mm. well i i yeah i definitely agree like what we have right now like a non-competitive marketplace where basically twitch can dictate whatever terms they want i just got absolutely destroyed um it's not good and and you know the broadcast rights that we've seen sold they're they're like the biggest part of revenue in traditional sports monetizing the media and because twitch has basically the all of the audience and it's almost impossible to drive an audience elsewhere they don't have to pay for any broadcast rights which is not great for the esports ecosystem but in china they have exactly. massive broadcast deals because it's a super competitive market so i hope yeah that, exactly and yeah. obviously it's good for good for you know, my business for sure if if there starts to be some competition in that media rights space a lot of people don't believe it will happen. I think it will happen. Um, you know, I, I think that there will be there'll be more platforms come out, and there'll be more over-the-top platforms um, come out, and people will start to monetize those more effectively. And it will become more standardized in in Europe, you know, and in in the West to to pay for esports content, especially as the esports demographic gets a little bit older, or well, mm. not necessarily older as in like because I think we'll always get people in at the bottom end as well. But the people like, you know, me and you uh, that will continue to watch esports content, we'll pay, you know, we'll pay for it. Def well, I mean, definitely, definitely.